Today's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. What are you listening to after today's episode? How about a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up? Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast today for details. Hey, Mason. Did you know that on July 1st, Yahoo Domain Renewal Pricing increased to $34.95 per year? $34.95 per year? No way. Ridiculous. That's not a deal at all. You're right. It's not. And I do need a deal. You need a deal? I got the deal you need, Andy. Check this out. Transfer your domain to GoDaddy for as little as $6.99 and get a free one-year extension plus guaranteed renewal pricing. GoDaddy.com makes transferring easy and offers loads of extras including hosting, a five-page site builder, and much more. Oh, yeah! Plus, as a listener MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions do apply. I want you to see the site for the details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to MuggleCast, hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because we are live from Portis in Dallas, Texas, this is MuggleCast, episode 153, for July 11th, 2008. Yeah, alright! Okay, wow, you really did not have to do that. Uh Thank you. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to MuggleCast Live at Portis. Thanks for staying up so late. Let's introduce the uh, roundtable of hosts that have uh, come out this evening. Let's start here uh, to my right. Uh, No, sorry, let's start to the left. (laughs) Just screwed that up. The lovely Elisa Monfort. Hi. Hailing from Maryland. Hey, guys. This is the newbie table over here. They haven't done a live podcast before, so go easy on them. Second, hailing from Southern California, Mr. Matt Britton. Hi. To my my right, the lovely, insightful, always thought-provoking, blah, 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 Laura Thompson. And last but not least, MuggleCast News anchor, Micah Tannenbaum. You have an intro for us, Micah? I do. All right. Uh, because we are live from Portis in Dallas, Texas, this is MuggleCast, episode 153, for July 11th, 2008. Yeah, all right! Woo! That's good. That was good. How's everyone enjoying Portis today? Everyone, like... Uh, oh my god, I know! <laughs> oh, Portis has been a lot of fun. Who went to the Wizard Rock show last night with the Mudbloods and the... Some awesome music. I love the Moaning Myrtles. They're the sweetest people. You know, I come to their show and they don't come to mine. I'll remember that. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're anyway, not the good. Mudbloods were there too. Um, who went to the opening feast last night? Oh my God. The food there, Lauren and I went. The food was awesome. Mexican, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Who else loved it? Let's just give a round of applause for the people here at Portis who are making this happen for us. Yay, food. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to treat this like a normal MuggleCast episode um, So we'll start it with the news There hasn't been much news this week I mean, I'm sure you're all checking MuggleNet regularly, right? I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, $10 for internet Okay So, <laughs> Micah, um, what's been going on in the news? I mean, there's, there's only one story that's worth discussing, right? Well, I was kind of disappointed because there were no pictures this week Nope <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah but what happened? What actually happened this week? Well, there, there was a little bit of a story, and apparently IMAX confirmed it, that the trailer for Half-Blood Prince, the teaser trailer, will be with Dark Knight. Wait, wait, a teaser, teaser trailer. Teaser 15 trailer. 15-second 
preview for Half Blood Prince coming with IMAX. That's not even a teaser, though. That's 15 seconds. I don't even think it's going to. Go ahead. Someone going to say something? I, no. I didn't even think. Like, that doesn't even count. I mean, sucks. I don't know. <laughs> but is anyone, is anyone going to go see The Dark Knight in IMAX? Oh, my God. It's going to be an awesome movie. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know, but it's just kind of disappointing. Sorry, right? I'm sharing a mic here. Anyway, now, do we know anything about um, The Mummy? Has there been any other news on that? No. Or no. 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 Okay, I'm going to just stay here, say here um, that I will be officially ticked off if it comes out with The Mummy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be so mad because that movie looks like it's going to suck. <laughs> but that's exactly... Somebody emailed us and said the reason why Half-Blood Prince teaser trailer is going to be with The Mummy is because the movie does suck and Universal knows that. Just saying. I don't know. Well, they got to sell tickets. That's what the source said, huh? They have to sell tickets. They have to sell tickets, yeah. How are you going to do it? Um, so anyway, that, that, that was the news this week. Is there any other news stories anybody wanted, wanted to discuss? Was any hot talk? No, nothing, right? Yeah. Boo, boring. Yeah, we'll, we'll take questions later on during the show. But anyway, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and play back anywhere, just like MuggleCast. On the Summer Road Tour, the co-host and I listen to a few audiobooks from Audible to pass the time. It is a fantastic listening experience and is a great way to do some reading. Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast for your free audiobook. Um, as everyone probably knows, we do chapter by chapter, and uh, last week we did the final chapter. So this week we're going to do the epilogue. Yes. Um, and we came up with a discussion for it. There's not... Well, go ahead, Laura. Yeah. Okay, so as we kind of discussed on our previous show, we're going to do a one-time series, epilogue by epilogue. Uh, So we're going to start, it's 19 years later, what were all of our initial reactions when we finished the final Harry Potter book? How'd you guys feel? Micah Tannenbaum, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I think I said this, you know, when we first went over Deathly Hallows, I wasn't really thrilled with the epilogue. I thought it was kind of weak. Um... Whoa! <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I, I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of substance to it. I felt that there could have been a little bit more. I know everybody's going to say, "Well, that's what the encyclopedia is for," and we'll find out more information as time goes along. But I, I was really disappointed. I was looking for for a little bit more, and I thought it was kind of cheesy, yeah. to be honest. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I cried through the whole thing anyway, so it doesn't really matter what I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I was. It's just that we our expectations were so much more. I think didn't everyone think it was going to be like something more? I mean, I don't even. I can't even remember what I thought now. My mind's just so thrown off by it. But mm. it was good. It was fun. It was cute. It was. I think it was what it was supposed to be. It was just supposed to screw up any future fan fiction, right, Elisa? Of Magnet fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I was sort of in shock when I read it, I think, but um, I have to agree with Micah, but looking back on it in retrospect, I think the only reason that maybe I didn't like it as much at the time is because of the fanfiction aspect, because it really ruined it. And for those who don't know, I'm one of the head moderators on MuggleNet fanfiction, so I have to deal with this a lot, so now everything's alternate universe these days because of the epilogue. Ron and the giant squid. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> Matt, what, what do you think about it? Um... I thought it was okay. It it seemed really like J.K. Rowling wrote this like when she first wrote the first book. Like she, like this is something that she wrote a long time ago. It wasn't something that she wrote right after she wrote the last chapter. It seemed kind of disconnected from the story a little bit. It was just kind of like oh, I'm just going to throw that name in this and take someone else's character and put it in that name. And it was okay. I don't I don't think it was a letdown, but. No, so it, it was okay. Let's go through it, Laura. All right. So I think one of the most important things that we saw wrapped up in this epilogue was the issue of house unity. Here we see that Harry tells his son, Albus Severus, and we'll get on the subject of names in a few minutes. I just saw all of your faces turn. Um, so anyhow, he tells him that he didn't care what house his son ended up in. And he frankly said that I knew a great man, the man that I named you after, who was in the Slytherin house. Now, do we really think all the house rivalry is gone? I mean, really? No, no I hope not. not. There wouldn't be nothing to read or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's half well, the that's, fun. Well, that's the point, I think. 
Yeah. There oh. is something left to read. <laughs> But, I mean, really, you have to consider, um, doesn't it seem a bit too optimistic to say that there are no other Draco Malfoy-ish characters at Hogwarts who are kind of perpetuating this idea of Gryffindor versus Slytherin? I mean, really? Yeah. But there is one. So does it really matter? (laughs) Way to take the wind out of my sails there. Anyhow. (laughs) So... Do we think that there are any characters at Hogwarts like this at this point? And let's just, you know, set aside the fact that there is no other book for a second and think, you know, could there be another character like this at Hogwarts who's perpetuating this kind of stereotype? Or do you think that anyone who sort of disagrees with the overall sentiment of the school would choose not to go there? What? Uh, I think a couple people in the crowd mentioned Scorpius, and uh, it's certainly a name just by itself that would, uh, you know, lend to evil doings at the school. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, nothing else. No. No. Oh, I like the fact that um, that J.K. Rowling put um, Harry's um, son James kind of has like a Fred Weasley quality to it. It's kind of like bringing back the dead of uh, Fred Weasley. He kind of has a James Potter quality about him, honestly. I mean, if yeah, but I mean, no one cried for James because he already died before the book started. Speak for yourself. I cried for James. He was in the first 10 seconds of Sorcerer's Stone. You have no heart. Elise is a Marauder fan, girl. <laughs> I'm a big Marauder's fan, so. So, anyhow, unless anyone has anything else they want to say, yeah, no? Continue. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. So, we have this great moment of closure um, between Drago and the trio. And actually, what it says is let me actually look here. Draco caught sight of Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny staring at him, nodded curtly, and turned away again. Now, did we expect more or less of him? I just... Well, it, it is 19 years later, so, I mean, is this the first time they met after that? After... From 19 years? No. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I get what J.K. Rowling's doing. She's trying to tell us, you know, because otherwise, how would we know? So he would have to do it again, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's a get over it, Draco, right? I mean, yeah. Well, J- Draco's getting bald, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Well, he must be pissed off. <laughs> I wonder if he has long hair. He's starting to get long hair like his father. No? No, okay. no, no, no. But, I mean, would you expect any of you um, that Draco might be a little more, I don't know, nice? I mean, they did save his life. No, 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 no. no. Draco's, I mean, come on, Draco didn't repent his, I mean, he didn't repent at all after he got saved, like, twice by Harry. He's staying. Yeah. He's staying. He's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this one was kind of something that I wanted to let Elisa field because it was an observation she made. So uh, this is one little segment we titled Everyone is a Weasley Somehow. One big happy Weasley (laughs) family, right? (laughs) Yeah. Howie, Lisa, enlighten us. Well, I mean, Harry marries Ginny and Hermione marries Ron and, um, I don't know if anyone um, has noticed this, but there's actually been a lot of speculation on like the forums. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. There's been a lot of speculation on uh, the forums and on the fanfiction site that um, I think it's Albus and Rose are going to get together, and there's been a whole bunch of stories about that. So, I mean, it's sort of never-ending, isn't it? The whole Weasley thing. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. you have Teddy Lupin making out with uh, Victoire. I think that's right. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, French. Yeah, that's right, I don't that's do the right. French thing, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like scary kind of close to being a family, too. I mean, there, there isn't many other options than that. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Georgia, so I, I know... I've seen, I've seen some people where I live who are, you know, they're a little close for family, but hopefully they don't do that in Britain. I don't know. England? Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm Britain. Yes, you are. (laughs) So, just to kind of wrap up what we think, because we're going to let you guys get your say in here in a few minutes. Um, What did we all think of the way the epilogue ended? Essentially, the last sentence of it is, the scar had not pained Harry for 19 years, all was well. I talked about this last week. I just wanted her to end the book with Scar. I'm like, and I'm not going to get over that. The, the, the second to last sentence has Scar in it. You could have reworded it. Yeah, they could have just said, all is well. Scar. scar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> would anyone have complained? No. Yeah. No? Would, Why? 
stupid. <laughs> I care what's stupid. Okay, Andrew Sims. Okay, please just on the spot reword the last sentence of book no, seven. See, and so I was going to do this, but I don't know. Word. I need no a couple more energy drinks. The scar had not pained Harry for nineteen. Nineteen years had pains scar. All was well. All was well because no pain for nineteen years came from the scar. There we go. Yeah, right, right. New York yeah. Times best-selling material, right there. Is that even proper grammar? No, I don't think so. Uh, it was close. It was close enough. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this show. Actually, I won't fit on MuggleNet, so no. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. Go ahead, intro it. I don't think I have the right voice for that, Andrew. No, you're, I'm pretty no. sure there's a special... Okay, Laura wants me to do quote quiz, which means I have to loosen my quote quiz throat quote and get quiz back into the... what? Quote quiz. I'm going to let everybody Are we doing quote quiz for like the back of the cover or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So it's time for quote, quote, quiz, quiz, quiz. Oh, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I don't want to pop the mic. Quote, quote, quiz, 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 quiz. <laughs> Close enough, okay? All right. Well, so what are we going to quote quiz for the epilogue? Yeah. Oh, oh, you have one here already. Perfect. I didn't look at these before we started. Probably should have done that. Okay, so we're, we're going to quiz you, and then somebody, somebody will try to figure out who said it. So, don't let it worry you. It's me. I'm extremely famous. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah, he's sitting here reading the book. <laughs> oh, you cheater. Yeah, okay. I, try, I trust some people, yeah. All right, so that's how we play. Quote, quote, quiz, quiz, quiz. Quiz. Boy, you guys, wow. Thanks a lot for the support. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> So now we're going to wrap up our one-time installment of Epilogue by Epilogue, and we're going to give you guys a little bit of a say, because we know you have opinions, too. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask a pretty general question, and if your response to the question is positive, I want you to scream as loud as you can, and I mean, we're not playing around. <laughs> Let it all out, seriously. Um, don't don't but, kill yourself, though. Yeah, please don't do that. That wouldn't be good. Um, and then after the screaming has subsided, if your answer to the question is negative, just yell no. As Why don't you just you say can. yes and no? Because it's more yes, fun it's to fun scream, and it's scream, mean yeah. to boo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. so what's the question? All right, question number one. What did you think of the kids' names? Albus, Severus, Lillian, James, and Scorpio. So, Hugo. So, and okay, well, Hugo. cheer if you liked it. It's cheer in- if you liked it. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. And now everyone else is no, right? It's like two people. No. Wait, wait. But doesn't it pay tribute to the characters who we've come to love so much? I mean, that, yeah, that's the whole point of it. No, no, Scorpio, okay, no. Scorpius, yeah, even I admitted last year that was a weird name, but... It sounds like an animal. A scorpion. A scorpion. I think that's what it's Sounds like from. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Too many people are yelling, call into the Mugger Guest Hotline if you have a comment. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the next All right, question? the second question. Did you think the epilogue provided enough information and closure? Yes? <laughs> or no? No. That's a big no. I'm going to have to say they say no. Yeah. <laughs> and last, do you think that Albus and Rose will get married? How many of you? Okay, we'll start with that. Do you think Albus and Rose will get married? If yes, scream. Oh, wait. Laura. Well, I mean, this was Elisa's fault. Anyway. <laughs> hey, we've already why, established why we... there's, there's a close family connection here. <laughs> Just because she beamed at him doesn't mean they're going to, you know, get together. Yeah, but you wrote it in. See Lisa. Anyway, does anybody have any thoughts about the epilogue? You can come up right now and talk into the MuggleCast microphone, and then no, you want to just move on. Is it Everyone? too late? This guy right here. This guy came up. This guy came up during fan, fandom uh, forecast and uh, plugged our chicken soup soup segment. Right. Come up to the MuggleCast microphone. A short cabled microphone. Thanks. Um, I think as far as the epilogue goes, I think there was, it wasn't what, I guess, and, and Joe's good at this, what we had expected. I mean, personally, I didn't expect an epilogue. I expected the end of the book, Scar. That's it. But, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, just, it just seemed like she tried to pack so much stuff into it. It really didn't, um, didn't fit together well for me. I mean, I like the way that she, she had a... I don't know, I guess tried to fit stuff in and 
But it, it just seemed like it was too condensed, too crammed. Like Albus Severus. I mean, I feel sorry for the kid. I think it was on uh, one of your live episodes last summer during the tour that, that a little kid come up and uh, comes comes up and he goes, uh, he goes, I feel sorry for the kid named Scorpius. And, and yeah, I mean, what's with the name anyway? Sounds like from the Mummy or something. But I mean, that, that it just didn't provide enough. Uh, enough of a detail for me, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's go right here in the pink. Come on up. What's your name? Where are you from? And what's your thoughts about the epilogue? Nice boots. Thanks. They're made for walking. I'm Kate. I'm from Austin. <laughs> I may be one of the only people who like the epilogue. Sorry. Um, my sister and I have debated well into like 4 o'clock in the morning about this. But I think that there is a lot of like, I think no matter what she had written, we all would hate it. Because cognitive dissonance, like, we don't want it to be over. So no matter how she ends it, we're all going to be like, well, crap, it's over. And I think that, like, she had to give a slice of life, but she couldn't give, like, people are saying either it's got too much or it's got too little. So it's like, what do you want? Do you want her to tell, like, write another book about them as adults? Of course. Or do you want her to, like, give us just a little snapshot? And it did feel kind of corny, and it did. But the whole thing's about, like, family and love. And it felt like she brought a lot of those themes back. But I agree with what you said, that it felt like she wrote it a long time ago. Like, it was like she came up with this theme, and then she stuck with it and, like, had those notes from forever ago. And was like, oh, right, that's how I wanted to end it. So, that's... All right, thank you. Good. Then you. And then we'll take one more. Um, hi, I'm Corey from Las Vegas. Um, and I just wanted to say that when I first read the epilogue, I hated it like any other fan, but by that point in the morning, I was shaking and crying, and it didn't matter what Joe had written. Aww. I think that's kind of how we all felt. But now that I look back, I kind of have really reflected, and I think I'm happy as I could be with it, because Harry got what he wanted. He had a sense of family. Sure, people were still pointing at his scar, but it wasn't like everybody in the world knew, and it wasn't constantly flash- eyes flashing to a scar. People knew who he was but he was finally happy so i was really happy for him so and everyone all was well all All right one more uh this girl all the way down we're gonna take some more questions yeah yeah come on come on start thinking about other questions we're gonna take uh, general questions too after this through the rest of the show hi i'm rachel Uh, hi rachel hello i'm with I'm another person who's, like, a minority in the fandom, I guess. I don't know why, that liked the epilogue. I mean, I understand that it was corny, sort of, but it, that was the way she wanted to end the book. And really, we have to remember, it's her freaking book. <laughs> she can end it however she wants to end it. She wrote it. She created these worlds. She created these characters. She knows how they think. She knows how they work. No one knows them as well as she does because she created them. Without her, we wouldn't have it. So really, I mean, we can criticize all we want. We can write our own versions. That's why fan fiction is awesome. But really, in the end, that's how she wanted to end it. So that's how it ends. And we've got to come to terms with that. All right. Any thoughts from the panel before we uh, move on to some general questions? No? Uh, okay. Um, we'll take general questions. You can talk about Portis. You can talk about uh, Theme Park. You can talk about Dumbledore being gay. Whatever you want. So here, let's, let's turn this into a round table. Let's make this really intimate. What's your question? Hi, Sarah. Hi. Okay, so my question is, I was reading Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and stuff, and in the book it says that you can create a basilisk by putting a chicken egg under a toad. So I think that's pretty easy. And if Voldemort had known this, I think he would have like, made so many more ma- basilisks. So why wouldn't he have made more basilisks? What's your opinion on that? Well, why a toad? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like why a chicken egg? Yeah. Why not a goat? <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course you had to get that in there. He was um, Micah. Yeah, his name's Micah. Last time I checked. Um, <laughs> he had a very special connection to Nagini. I don't know if he wanted a few of them running around. What do you guys think? You know, it's just like, you know, the bathroom question. Why don't you ever see him use the bathroom? It's like the same thing. You know, it's just, there's, there's always those. Yeah, point, and though. I think, sorry, Andrew. I think the thing is, he did have a special connection to Nagini. I mean, the thing about Voldemort was he highly prized things that were rare. 
And so I think for him to have created an army of basilisks, he wouldn't have been um, as prone to make Nagini into a horcrux, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Next question. Thank you. Uh, hold on. Let's get somebody in the back. I've been picking up. Uh, okay. This girl in the uh, pickle pack shirt right there. Yes. Pickle pack member. Gak, gak, pickle pack. Hello, ma'am. What's your name? Where are you from? Um, my name's Susanna, and I'm from Sherman, Texas. And um, I've always had a question about the trace. It was never really clear to me if it's on, like, the area where a wizard lives or on the wizard itself, because, like, in Book 5, they could apparate and disapparate all around Privet Drive. But then in, like, Book 7, they say that um, they're asking Harry if he still has a trace on him when the Death Eaters turn up on, um, in the diner. And then in book six, Dumbledore says that they can only um, track magic. So I'm, I'm just really unsure about what's going on there. Hmm. Panel? Any ideas? Uh, <laughs> no, I want to be fair to everybody. Well, book seven is just everything went haywire anyway. So um, the trace. Know, does anyone... I don't know about the trace as, as far as book seven was concerned. I just think it had to do with saying Voldemort's name, didn't it, in the diner? Very early yeah. on. They just weren't aware of it. Right. They weren't aware of the taboo. But um, the tra- I think the trace just goes around like maybe just by – like maybe when a wizard is y- uh, young, they give off a different kind of magical essence or something. And maybe that just – they can just hone in and trace it. Maybe. No. Anybody else? No. No, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I tried. Okay. I don't no, see you I doing No, I think it. you're right, Matt. Though I, I think it would have to make the most sense to say that it actually traces the witch or wizard because, I mean, how else would that work? Maybe it's a book mistake if they were performing magic elsewhere and they weren't getting caught for it. But you know, I'm not really remembering exactly what the what, at what point that happened. If right. anyone, I mean, me. the, the, in book five when. When the ministry gave um, Harry the howler about underage magic, they were already going to send it anyway because they sent the Dementor at him. So I think Umbridge pretty much just sent that owl because she was already waiting for him to conjure that Patronus. So, yeah, I mean, I just I think it would seem like it would be so difficult to monitor what people were doing if you were only monitoring like a certain area, a parameter of where they lived. It would just make more sense to have everybody who was underage on the same you know, wavelength there, yeah. monitor them all. It would be like saying, okay, and this is going to get a little ridiculous, but it would be like saying um, that all people under 21 only get carded within five miles of their home. Mm-hmm. No, people, <laughs> people under 21 only get carded when they don't have their cards. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. All right, another question. Uh, sla- slacky Quacky here. Andrew Slack from the Harry Potter Alliance. A lot of people may know <laughs> Is this a question? Or are you going to plug your campaign? No. I don't care. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not going to plug my campaign. It's a total question. And it's, it's, thanks, for, thanks for the applause. It was very sweet. Thank you. Um, so this is like burning, eating at me for the last couple of weeks. Um, all right. So why did James and Lily not just apparate with Harry or take a port key or do some kind of magical transformation to get out of there? You know, Voldemort was coming in, so what's the deal? Because that's, sort of that's sort of a hole in the entire series. I mean, that's the thing, though. But Because like, if, if they did apparate, this whole thing never would have happened. <laughs> I know, it's a good question. I totally understand. And like with the podcast, we always have to take it from the perspective that like, it actually is real. But, I mean, can there be an explanation? I'm sure Joe would make up something on is the it, spot. Is, is it, is it yeah. because of the spell on. on the house or that you can't apparate with a baby? Or I, I, I Maybe. Well, no, because this they could apparate out of Grimald Place. What's that? They could. They could. They could apparate out of Grimald Place too. They couldn't. Throughout. I thought they had to apparate like right on the front door, like right on the front stoop, right on the steps. Oh, right, 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 in. Right, right, right. My answer is that they talk about. Are you wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Um, that they talk about. James had put his wand down on the couch when Voldemort came in. Didn't you need a wand to apparate or disapparate? Oh. Because Lily didn't have noted? her wand. Yes, it's in the book. If it's noted, then Joe probably put that in there for that exact reason. That's what I thought they couldn't. Oh, okay. That's tight. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so.
So I just got to clear this up. Um, not JK Rowling either, but you can't operate in and out of Hogwarts. You can't. It's a safety thing. You can't operate in and out of the borough when they were trying to protect it from Voldemort. I mean, you don't want Death Eaters like operating in and out of your house when they're trying to get you, even though like it's under the Fidelius charm. So is all the other places you can't operate in and out of. So, I mean, even like Dumbledore can't operate out of Hogwarts. So why should Lily and Harry be able to, or Lily and uh, James? Fred and George operate all throughout Grimmauld Place. Do they ever operate in and out of Grimmauld Place? So you can operate in the place. And in Hogwarts, you can, too. And they were learning appar- apparition. You can... But they, they put the charm in the Great Hall so that they could practice it. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. What about a portkey, though? <laughs> See, but this is... They have to authorize those. And if, if the ministry was under Voldemort's control, they would know they authorized a portkey. Yeah. I just don't think Good there line. was enough time. Yeah, this is all. I mean, yeah, okay. Voldemort came either. through their door under the Fidelius charm. I mean, it's like holy crap. Yeah, you're panicking. It's, like, it's, it's you not. Know? It's not like your initial reactions to apparate. And I don't think James and Lily would necessarily want to run away. I think they would for Harry. Well, James told Lily to take Harry and run. I mean, that's not exactly just staying okay. there and fight. So there's the Okay, flaw. well, let's, let's do a little test. I believe I've seen some guy dressed up as Voldemort walking around there in this convention. Let's have him walk in the door right now and see start brandishing his wand and see what everyone here does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another question. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep taking questions from the, from the bag. I'll get, I'll get to you guys. <sighs> Come on up. Ooh. Sorry. Hi, my name is Ray. I'm from Atlanta. And this is sort of going along with what was uh, just said. Uh, I think a better question is, why wasn't James his own secret keeper? Arthur did it for the Weasleys, Bill did it for Shell Cottage. I don't think they're like advances in secret keeping technology, so I don't understand. Any thoughts? Because if James died, it would be broken. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of need the security. They trusted their best friend, which, you know, betrayed them, but... I mean, it, if, if you have the secret keeper as yourself, then you run the risk of getting killed. That endangers your son. Yeah, I think it's for the same reason maybe that they didn't make serious the secret keeper because maybe it was just too predictable. Yeah, and James and wasn't serious going, you know, visiting them a lot too. Yeah. Wouldn't that, you know, because he yeah. goes in and out a lot. I thought Wormtail was just the most unlikely candidate. Right, That's exactly. Why they He's not, he wasn't right. predictable or serious. Right. Because he's a rat. He is the weak yeah. one, but that's why. That that's now. the same time you wouldn't expect him to be the secret keeper. My thought was like the reason they went into hiding was to be in hiding, and James wouldn't be leaving the house. Like he would stay there, and if he needed things, other people would bring it to him. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did leave. Like it's not. I guess that. Well, clear. I mean, it is James Potter. I mean, they, they're the top um, people. James and Lily were the top on Voldemort's list. So you know, they they need someone who is on the down low. You know. I think she has a really good comment. Let her go in. Okay, what's your really good comment? Okay, um, just in response to that, in Deathly Hollows, we find the note that Lily sent to Sirius, and it talks about how lonely um, James was. And so I don't think that they would want to make James the secret keeper because I think they know he'd go insane if he couldn't see anybody outside his family. And so they'd want to make it so somebody, so other people could come in and visit him, making the weight much more bearable. Yeah. And we also know that Sirius isn't really the most patient person in the world. So if he was the secret keeper, he would probably, you know, not stay in one place for very long. He and James would go out and do stuff. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it would just bother me, I think, if James was the secret keeper because we know that he and Sirius were both so reckless. And at the same time, I mean, I hate to take this from a literary standpoint again, but then the plot would have stopped at book three. <laughs> so. right. Thank you, sir. Where are you from? I'm Emily Kate, and I'm from Bangladesh. Um, where? Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Wow. You guys read my mail once. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, this is kind of like the same kind of question, like kind of a ridiculous question. But since like Voldemort was like like in power and everything, and he's like killed like a whole bunch of people, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, has no one ever died for their kid before ever? Like I guess it's kind of has to do, I guess it's kind of has to do with the prophecy, and maybe that's like the reason. But I was just kind of like, no one ever died for their kid, and then no one's ever been protected before, you know. Well, probably no one ever died protecting their kid from Voldemort. 
Well, probably. he's killed a lot of people. Right, but... I mean, not everyone's as brave as James and Lily is either. But if he just, like, breaks into somewhere and there happens to be, like, a kid and he kills their mom and their mom's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. they did, maybe the kid, maybe that did happen, but then no one ever tried to kill the kid afterwards, so we just didn't know that he had that protection. That's true. Uh, that's okay. true, too. <laughs> Good question, though, ma'am. Um, okay, right back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you in the purple. We're matching today. Did we coordinate? Was that you? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're famous now because you have the Porta shirt, and they took a picture of you earlier. You go, What's your name? Kelly, where are you from? <laughs> My name's Kelly. I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. <laughs> okay, I have an individual question for y'all. Um, although Deathly Hollows was like an amazing book, I was wondering what y'all's biggest disappointment was about it. About the book as a whole? Yeah, or like one thing that didn't happen or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. What this girl said right here, the veil. <sighs> I just wanted to learn so much more about Like, it's just, it, it's such an important point in book five, and you always thought you would see more of it. Yeah, I have to echo those thoughts exactly. I was oh, yeah. ticked off. I'm, I mean, I don't know how many of you heard the three series part of my Department of Mysteries thing, but I was all about the Department of Mysteries being in this book, and it wasn't. And I was really, really upset. Maybe it just would have taken too much time to explain, so Joe didn't want to go into that point. Well, but she'll it probably just, put it in the encyclopedia. She alluded to the fact that she was going to, though, because essentially, even when they talked about the love room, and Dumbledore saying, you know, what's beyond there is something that Voldemort couldn't possibly comprehend. It just seems to allude to the fact that Harry's going to go back there. And death is such an integral part of these books. And, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Micah, what was bothering you about book seven? Um, you got I'll, all the goat you needed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was hoping for the goat to you know, charge into the great hall next to Creature and you know, start cool. attacking some Eaters. <laughs> but... No, um, I, I mean, we obviously talked about the epilogue before. That, that was kind of disappointing for me anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kind of echoing similar things that have already been said by both you and Laura about the Department of Mysteries and the Veil and not learning much about either of them. Yeah. Who didn't go? Elisa? Um, well, I'm sort of really, I mean, obviously the plots are amazing, but I'm really character-driven, so for me... Um, I was sort of upset to see the discourse that was transpiring between Harry and Remus Lupin. Um, like when Harry and Lupin got into that big argument, honestly, I was sort of thinking, what's this about? Like, where did, you know, Remus, I mean, Remus is, in my mind, he's really courageous and, and you know, has a lot of wisdom. And I always figured that he was sort of, he was sort of, you know, the token, like smart, intelligent man of, of the Marauders. So I'm thinking, why is he behaving this way, sort of out of nowhere like that? And why is he and Harry having this big fight? That bothered me. Were you on the episode we discussed that chapter? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think we talked about being stressed, didn't we? I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, I, his I, wife I, is pregnant. Yeah. And I think Harry was right to have an outburst. I forget what we said. Um, I don't know. I think it was stress, right, guys? I mean... I would think so. I mean, just the the whole idea of bringing another human being into that kind of environment would be extremely terrifying. Well, he's freaking out because he's a werewolf, too. Right. Yeah, I, I felt like it was more to do with the fact that he was, you know, self-deprecating than it did the actual atmosphere of the moment. And I, I felt like, for me, it was um, a character point for Harry trying to develop him as, as an adult now, as being able to stand up to people he had previously respected and felt were heroes, but it sacrificed part of the character that we had all come to know as Remus Lupin. I don't know, though. I liked seeing that he was more human, you know? I mean, we had always kind of regarded him as this wise um, professor-like figure, and I I think, like Dumbledore, I really appreciated seeing that he did have flaws. Um, But, I mean, I have to say, if I found out that I was going to be mothering Technicolor werewolves, I think I'd be kind of scared, too. So... Hey, good question. Thank you, ma'am. Right here? You dress like Narcissa? Oh, yeah. Hey, now. All right. What's your question, Narcissa? Oh, look, you even have a button of your husband on there. How nice. Aww. All right. Um, I'm just thinking about the epilogue still because I'm stuck on that because that was my biggest disappointment of the seventh book. And I just, 
as like a fan fiction writer, I was always like, how could she have made this better? How could she made this go down easier with us? And I was like, maybe it was the setting. Like the King's Cross setting kind of took us back to like book one, their little kids, you know, John Williams music playing and you know, oh, whatever. But like, yes. what if it had been set like in their workplace? Like we'd seen Ron and Harry leaving work as adults, talking as adults. Maybe that would have helped us kind of jump 19 years and not have that kind of jarring, this is bad fan fiction kind of... Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, is that blog, do you think that might have helped at all if we'd seen them in more adult roles, like in the ministry jobs they had? I think Christmas would have been a great thing to have them all together. Because yeah. like oh, Christmas yeah. in the Harry Potter series is like the biggest get together, and it's kind of like just a subtle thing, you know? Yes. Right. Well, I think it, it's also like I, I'm sure somebody's going to say this too. It's it's, it's coming full circle. Mm. I mean, you know, Didn't it already Cross. come full circle. And then this is where Cross, ha- though. What? I mean. Full circle for what? Harry being introduced for Harry being introduced into the yeah into the wizarding world and then yeah right right yeah I see right well I I think people like you you know myself and you and others who are immersed in the fan fiction world are really at a disadvantage because we've seen pretty much that exact epilogue written a thousand times in a thousand different ways by a thousand authors so to see it actually become canon I think if we hadn't been expecting it we hadn't seen it a million times before it wouldn't have been quite as bad but I think you know being part of fan fiction sort of ruined it yeah and I think it goes back to what Matt was saying before it was it was very disconnected from the rest of the uh, yeah from the rest of the the book and the rest of the series altogether Mm -hmm. yeah right. thank you Narcissa uh, next question. Hello, what's your name? Where are you from? My name's May Zell. I'm from Washington, D.C. Woo, represent. Um, <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for this podcast because it got me through my last year of school. Aww. And then um, second off, um, I don't really have a question. I have a comment about the veil and why she maybe alluded to it, but you didn't see it in the Department of Mysteries because if you think about it, when Harry dies, he goes through the veil. Whenever you die, the, the veil isn't one stationary place. It's this translucent thing. It leads to another universe. So he crossed over through the veil. And then the whole King's Cross station, I know a lot of people like to think that, well, Harry may have already known this stuff. There's no way in heck he could have known that stuff. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have telepathic powers or he wasn't psychic. He couldn't have known that stuff. So he had to cross through the veil in order to get that information from Dumbledore. So he actually died, but he had a choice to go back. So that's where your veil is. It wasn't as point blank as you'd like it to be, but he had to cross through the veil to get that information. Good point. Yeah, no, That's really interesting. I just... Wait, hold on, don't go. I'm not done with you yet. Hey, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, but there needs to be some explanation because what's the, wi- okay, the whisperings of the dead. But maybe the whole, and when you started to talk, I thought you were going to say this. Maybe it's just that Joe wants to keep it a mystery because it's the department of mysteries. So don't explain and answer everything because then suddenly it's, it's really not the department of mysteries. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe, you know, that was just the department of mysteries Oh, I said that maybe that was just the Department of Mysteries way of offing somebody when you got, you know, when they received the capital offense. Because if you, if you, you know, like noticed in the movie, they, you know, had Bellatrix AK serious. So, you know, he was dead. But in the book, he just got hit by like a stunning spell and went through and he, there was no coming back. So maybe that was just their version of like the electric chair or it's the, the you know version. the lethal it's, injection. It doesn't make sense. Um, well, the, no, the, mu- the the movie versions of everything doesn't make sense from the book versions. Right, but I mean, you, that was just their way of killing people. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah they just wanted Gary Oldman dead, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Nat, thank Britain. you. What? You know, we were watching that That's on it. HBO That's last night or two nights ago. <laughs> Woo! And um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the way he goes through. Bad. Okay, anyway, hi. What's your name? Where are you from? Nice shirt. I know. <laughs> I made it myself. Okay. Um, my, sup, y'all? Um, my name is Genesis, and uh, I'm from here. Yay, me. Okay. Uh, okay, I have two comments and a question. Is that too much? Too much? No? One question. One question? Yeah. Fans. Really, wait, is there something really important on your cell phone about yeah, to happen? My, my Oh, wow. Well-researched. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. Well, let me see my question. Okay. 
So why do you think, like, why didn't Voldemort use uh, ligaments? Yes. Okay. Okay. Against Narcissa, when you know he, you know, when he was asking if Harry was alive or not, why didn't he use like legitimate? I cannot spit that out. Okay. You know, to tell if he was actually alive. You know, I think that was like a kind of big flaw because he's so arrogant. I think Um, something that we've talked about on the show time and time again is that Voldemort's arrogance has really led to his downfall and i think the idea that this is what what number time is it that he's killed harry or tried to kill harry and he's failed again so just the thought that this time he tried to kill him and failed in front of what 20 30 people i don't think he would want to face up to that i think if he found that harry was still alive he'd like to let everyone think he was dead and take him off and kill him in some dark corner somewhere (laughs) yeah but like i thought that he could always tell when somebody was lying you know because like, I'm just saying. I, I thought he could always tell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No, thank you. All right, let's take a couple more questions. Oh, pajamas. Oh, PJs. It's like prophecy. Me and my toad in our pajamas. All right, my name uh, is Megan, and I am from uh, Spinners in Texas. We'll say that. Um, quick question, yes, no, from everybody. In your professional opinions, did Severus Snape die a virgin? Just by the way he dressed, yes. <laughs> Keep it clean, Micah. I know you're trying to think of something. Well, he didn't shower either, so I mean... Yeah, why bother? Yeah, why, exactly. Yeah. Laura? Well, I don't, I don't want to steal Micah's thunder here, but there's always a goat. <laughs> this, this goat. No more goats on the show. Yeah, we, we've, we've run our quota of goats, I think, for the night. Matt Britton? I already said it. What? Just the way he dressed. I mean, he's re- oh, he yeah. really tight clothes. Everything's really touch. I mean... What are you trying to say? Close shut. He has insecurities. I don't think oh, that he okay. wants. I don't think he he wants to be tempted. Okay. I think he, he. It's just 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 Lily. Lisa Montford. No, I don't think he did. No. That's it. That's it. No, that's, that's good. all I got. Screw you, Matt. No, I'm just <laughs> that's her clean version. Oh this yeah, guy right here. This guy in the glasses. Yep, yep. What's your name? Where are you from, sir? Name's Juan from Woodburn, Oregon. Probably the only one here from there. As um, Laura mentioned, how arrogant Voldemort is. What I was wondering is why would he? He mentioned Harry at some point that you know your father put up a courageous fight. Yet in the memory, he walks in, boom, he's dead. Why, why wouldn't he like say, "Oh, your father was nothing. I walked in, killed him, no big deal." You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't he say what really happened instead of saying, "No, there was some crazy fight." Do you remember, I'm trying to remember what the context of that was, um, of him telling Harry that his father had put up a courageous fight. Because it would make sense if he was saying that to try and sort of coerce Harry to work with him. Wasn't there some point where or he maybe said it was sarcasm two dark lords? Because, yeah, he just, all he did was just tell Lily to run, and then he just stood in front of him because he didn't have That's anything true. to duel with him. So he just killed him right off the bat. But maybe, because he, cause he was, you know... He, he was insulting Harry in every single way possible in that situation. So, you know, saying it in a sarcastic manner wouldn't exactly be, you know, too far from the situation. Yeah, and it could be that he was even mocking Harry by saying, because, I mean, there have been points where Harry ran away from Voldemort in order to protect himself, not in a cowardly way, but in order to shield himself. And Voldemort could have said, well, even your father put up a courageous fight against me, and now you're running? Well, I mean, not that Voldemort would be perceptive enough to, you know, define it this way, but just the fact that James even did anything at all, just because he didn't have his wand, just the fact that he went up and faced him was courageous. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, Let's take this girl in the red right here. Thank you. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. What's your name? Where are you from? Nice hot topic, (laughs) Liz. Hi, my name's Archer. I'm from Fort Worth. And my question is about the epilogue. And I've heard a bunch of disgust and confusion about the name. So if you were Harry or Ron or Hermione, what would you have named your kids? Serious. <laughs> Micah, what would you name your kids? Remus. Aww. Yeah, pick some cool names. 
You know, I, it's not that I mind the names Albus and Severus, but putting them together yeah. is somewhat weird. I mean, it's like light and dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really random. It's like you're suggesting that your child has a personality. Yeah. And they don't really roll off the tongue very well either. No, Albus, and it's Severus, like, usually if, you, if you're going to give your child an unusual name, it would seem like, I don't know, I mean, at least if it were me personally, I'd want to give them some variety. I don't know. I'm just afraid the poor kid's going to get made fun of. How about James? Yeah, like Albus James or James That's, Albus. You yeah. know, I'm Andrew there, James. Know. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt? Um, Hedwig? <laughs> um, well, what about Fred? Fred? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah that. Well, then so I'm what? good. Elisa? I just said serious. Oh, All yeah, the way. Right, yeah. 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 All right. Um, I wish we could get to everyone. We're going to take more questions at the MuggleCast meetup, maybe, I think. Um, how about you? Come on up. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll do both. I'm Shivani from Dallas, but I go to Austin. One word. Exactly. So my question was, um, we touched on Snape and his virginity, and I was just wondering, not about that, but um, so we've seen Alan Rickman's amazing in the movies, but do you think, considering how little screen time he's got, whether, I mean, Half-Blood Prince is coming out, is his character ever going to really get that kind of thrill across to the audience since he has had, like, what, 20 minutes total? Yeah. Yeah. Have we seen him in any new pictures yet? No, I don't think so. One. With right, Draco with walking Draco. off. That one's it's not official yet, so yeah. we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> We can't comment, sorry. No. What's up? Snapecast.com. I guess I'm on. Really? Hey. Are they official? They're not official. Released? Yeah. When? <gasps> Wait, there's one of the yarn. Oh, there is one on the yarn, yeah. No, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's just they always screw that up. So I love, I was so excited for Snape in Order of the Phoenix. Went, yeah. They, was, they looked so cool in the trailer, and then it's just like five seconds each. Laura? Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's not just Snape that has suffered from this in the movies. I mean, I think Draco is going to suffer as a character. Oh, okay, all right. I won't, I won't yeah, say shut up, under. Laura. Okay, I'm I know. Jeez. Micah? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Alan Rickman has not been portrayed very well. I mean, he hasn't been given enough screen time throughout the course of the movies, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh, in Half Blood Prince. Yeah, uh, yeah, Alan Rickman's an awesome actor, and you know, and, and so is um, McGonagall, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith, thank you. They're great actors, and then you know, okay, sorry, I forgot. Jeez, wow, sorry, God. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Sorry, I always forget. I just think of her as Minerva now. I don't know. It's just, you see these great actors in these films. Robbie Coltrane, too. There's another one. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. He pleaded with Joe Joe to be in the seventh book, the poor guy. All right. Hi. He wanted the Paris Hilton wig. That's why. (laughs) Hi, I'm Laura from Dallas. Um, obviously, my question is about Draco and Half-Blood Prince, the film. Um, so, you know, I will start by saying that I do love Tom Felton. I like what he's done with the material he's been given. But we all know that uh, movie Draco is not exactly the same as book Draco. And I'm, he's kind of, you know, a little bit pathetic in the movies. And, you know, he's a little bit pathetic in the books. And I love him, really. But he's, you know... And so I was wondering how you guys think that the writers and Tom Felton are going to be able to portray Draco's role in the film because it's such, it's so much more intense. His part in Half-Blood Prince is so much more intense than it has been in the previous films. So I was wondering what you got, how you guys thought that the writers and Tom Felton were going to pull that off, especially in that last scene with them mm. when, you know, Dumbledore dies. Do you want to call David Heyman? <laughs> Yeah. No, I think they, they started talking about that in, in interviews, I think. Um, but it seems like there's already been a few pictures of him already. And I'm only saying that because when they release more pictures of the, air, of the characters, you know there's going to be more emphasis on those characters. Obviously, he's in this book a little more. He's a little more important. 
I don't know. I think they're going to stick with the character they have. I can't see them really changing him. I can see Tom Felton doing it. I mean, he, looks- he, he has this new movie coming out where it's not exactly a very light and chipper movie. It's kind of like dark and, you know, pathetic. So I think he can do it if, if they just give him the right material to act on it. And panel? Look. Plus he's a singer now. So he yeah, can write some beats. teen angst. Okay, I just want to say this about Felt Beats real quick. I thought he was awesome on iTunes, his live acoustic. YouTube's uh, Felt Beats. He does, he records himself on his Mac. Um, he, acoustic, it was awesome. And then I downloaded it on iTunes in the professional version. I didn't like it as much. I don't know if anyone else has bought them, but I thought it was a waste of $3 when I could watch it for free and a better on YouTube. But, Aww. all right. We're, all, we're out of time, but Aww. to wrap things up, I know, I'm sorry. These girls, I hope this is good. You're going to embarrass me. No, it's really good. Okay. Okay, so these two wrote a song for the Muggle Casters. Oh, oh wow. wow. These 80 wrote the songs for the Muggle Casters. All right, so uh, wrap this up, and then we'll, we have a few other things to talk about, and then we'll... All right, it's to the tune of your favorite song ever. What? Good morning, Baltimore. Baltimore. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hang on, I got to get it. Okay, here, I'll start you off. I'll do, like, the beat, and then the rest you can sing like this. Okay, okay. Doom, 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 Feeling the way we always do. Uh oh, 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 hoping that had updated a brand new podcast with awesome content that makes us content. It's like a message from Joe herself. Uh oh, 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 pulling us into the magical world that we love. We love you, Mogglecast. We wish you would always last. Mikey, Andrew, and Rod, and Matt, Kevin, Jamie, and Eric, come back. <laughs> when he speaks of goats, it makes my mind whirl. I'm such a fan girl. You have just one thing to say. It is our choices, Harry, far more than our ability. All right, that was excellent. Great job, girls. Great job. Exceeded my expectations. Wonderful. Let's, uh... We'll record. You should uh, do a professional recording of that and do something with it. I don't know. That was really good. Yeah, that, that, that was, was fantastic. Impressed. Good job. Um, yeah. Sure. I want you to sign it, frame it. No, that was good. That was good, girls. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, we do have to wrap things up today, unfortunately. Aww. There's a couple people we want to thank. Where'd my paper go? It's right there. It's right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. All right. First of all, thank you so much to Portis. A round of applause for Portis. Woo! HPEF does an excellent job. HPEF. HPEF. Um, I hope everybody's really looking into uh, Infinitus in 2010. 2000. 2010. Yeah. 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 Down in Orlando. Oh, my God. It's going to be massive. It's going to be awesome. Special thanks to Aziza over here. I love you, Aziza. She's the press relations person. She's been working with us and all the other podcasts to make this happen. She got us Jim Dale. Yeah, thank you. Um, I hope everyone's going to be showing up tomorrow for the MuggleCast meetup from 3 to 5 p.m. It's going to be in the common room. We have our own little room, I hear. So we're going to, like, party and sing more hairspray and stuff. It's going to be awesome. Um, also want to shout out to Stephanie Perez. Her dad came up to me earlier and was like, she's a huge MuggleCast fan. Aww. There she is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, tell your dad he has to put the check in the mail tonight for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, hosts, for coming out here to Dallas. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, and I think that's it uh, We'll meet and say hi to everyone Right now Also MuggleCast t-shirts were, If you haven't purchased one Oh, quick, really quick Yeah, uh, let's talk about these um, Porta so shirts So we were supposed to have these Porta shirts, right? We were so excited 
The t-shirt person thought, even though I made it completely clear that we needed it this past Tuesday, she thought we needed them by today, Friday, and she lives like 15 minutes from me. So, unfortunately, we don't have uh, a MuggleCast Porter shirts, but Mama Sims overnighted for $250 MuggleCast t-shirts. So, we have them in the sale on the ba- uh, for sale on the back, and um, we're going to, a few of you have bought them already. So, uh, thank you everyone for coming. See you at the MuggleCast meetup tomorrow, hopefully. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming from out. from Dallas. <laughs> Woo! Now, um, there was a problem. You guys screamed a lot when we came up here. That was awesome. But we weren't recording, okay? So, okay, I, I did this a lot on the road tour. I know we can do this. So, on three, you're going to act like a whole curtain just fell. And, like, you know, this confetti shot out everywhere. It was like, boom, muggle cast, okay? It's going to sound awesome when you listen to it at home. Trust me. All right, ready? One, two, three. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. You really did not have to do that. Thank you. Uh